Well, might as well get it over with. Delivery boy. No discernible skills. Accepted. Because I like his pants. Yes, my lucky pants. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about Season 7, Episode 2, A Farewell to Arms. Have you noticed that we've been having a lot of weather lately? Uh, yes. I, I notice that pretty constantly, actually. It's rain to sun to rain and clouds. I don't know what to do with it. I'm willing to say that I have never once woken up and looked outside and been like, oh, there's just no weather today. Mm-hmm. I Actually, that's a good point. What would the absence of weather look like? Well, I was going to say like Mars or something, but even planets without atmospheres have weather. Yeah. You've got space weather, um, particles of the, of, of, uh, the sun just like bombarding you like space weather is a thing. Sure. Well, I guess inside doesn't really have weather. It has room temperature. Right. Which is generally comfortable because we live in rooms and we make it the temperature that we like. Sometimes. Well, unless you are don't have AC or blah, blah, blah. Like there are reasons why you wouldn't make it as comfortable as possible. Um, I guess uh, like like almost like in in a spaceship, right? In a closed system. There really can't be weather, can there? Um, I guess you're right. So like the ISS probably doesn't have weather. Most likely. I would I would think. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Um So yeah, I think I think that's the closest we can ever get to having zero weather. What was the point of this question? I think that was actually Trying to figure out what what the absence of weather is like. Just waking up one day and being like, I hate weather. I want to get rid of it. Well, I, I don't know if I want to get rid of it. It just, it seems it, the, the, at one point somebody says we're having a lot of weather recently. And I guess the a low amount of weather is if something is just constant. Like it's just rainy for months on end. Like, so like, Portland. It, is, like it is in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be the same weather all the time. So not a lot. Just a low base level of the same. So what you're saying is one unit of weather mm-hmm. is a change in weather enough to be remarked upon. Yes. Okay. So I'm if, willing to buy that. If, for instance, you live somewhere where in the morning it's snowing and then in the afternoon it is raining and then at night it is 95 degrees. I was waiting for you to say sunny, which would have... Uh, ah, I, mean, ha, ha, ha. I, I have thought around your... <laughs> my your your joke about my own thought process um so like colorado where like you know it's it's really sunny and then all of a sudden it's snowing and then like it's all over the place right that okay. would be places that'd be that, a lot of weather that would be a lot of weather whereas here in portland when the in the winter it's just cold and rainy and it is a unit of weather for months yes okay so just stretching out that one unit we we efficiently use that unit we do what i'm saying though that there i, I think there's benefits to having a lot of weather rather than not because 
as we know, as somebody, as those that live in the Pacific Northwest also know, that's kind of boring. <laughs> Just rain for four, four months and cold. A lot of weather, you get a lot of different things happening at all times. Yeah, I don't know. But as somebody who has driven through multiple hailstorms on I-25 back when I lived in Colorado, okay. um, there's something nice about just having, oh, no, it, I woke up it, and it's raining. I went to bed and it's raining. That whole time it was raining, just like a nice gentle downpour. Like, that's that's cool. But like, man, like one time, one time I went... I, I was just going across town. I just needed to get some new guitar strings for my guitar. As you do. It took me what should have been a 15-minute round trip. Took me 45 minutes because it was hailing so bad. And then, like, before that, it was sunny. And after that, it was sunny. And that one unit of weather mm-hmm. that I experienced was no good. But at the same time, now it's a story you've told on a podcast. That nobody liked. <laughs> Yeah, Ben, we've all had weather before. (laughs) Thanks for that, everyone is saying right now. The sound you're hearing right now is dozens (laughs) of people typing tweets at us to be like, yeah, weather happens, unless you're on the ISS, you idiot. First off, I love the the optimism of dozens of tweets. Um, (laughs) I I, I do appreciate that. And also (laughs) the callback to where there's no weather, the ISS, the most boring place there is. Because there's no weather. There, you can't talk yeah. about the weather. Floating How around the- in a cool space station yeah. <laughs> and watching the Earth uh, below yes, you. the boringest place in rotating, the world. Or, or going around the Earth every 90 minutes and mm-hmm. watching dozens of sunrises over the course of one of your days and seeing all the cool stuff going on below and floating in space. Exactly. Boring. Boring. Yeah. Because there's no weather. <laughs> there's no weather. What do you talk about? The oh first, that's true yeah. what is what literally is? the first thing you talk when you're like hey how's it going oh yeah have you seen the weather outside it's crazy what is small talk on the iss exactly like, isn't it weird that we're floating you said that yesterday bill <laughs> all right cool have you been to the bathroom recently that place is bizarre uh-huh yeah i mean you say the same things over and over again it's boring cool space is the most boring <laughs> place ever there's, uh, it's a vacuum. There's nothing there. Quote Mike from Back to the Futurama. Please don't quote me on that because I disagree. Send all angry <laughs> tweets to courtesy of Mike. Courtesy of Mike. Back to the Futurama Studios. Courtesy yes. of Mike. When you're, when you're tweeting at us to tell me how wrong I am, you have to write courtesy of Mike. Ben was so, right. Mike is wrong. Yeah, at, at Back to Futurama. Ben is right. Mike is wrong. Sincerely a fan mm-hmm. see i wrote that tweet for you already you don't even have to you think just about you it. you have a pre-written tweet you just slap that send button and be on your way so let's talk about an episode of futurama mm-hmm. that, that is, is hopefully very... better than our our small our what, what what even did we just do it wasn't even small talk about it was the a weather dis- it, it was, was a... <laughs> meta talk about the weather it was a disastrous opening bit ben it's funny, uh, some t- most of the time our disastrous opening bit is better than our Patreon pre-ramble. This one was the opposite. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Back to Futurama. So, uh, Season 7, Episode 2, A Farewell to Arms, a title I only just now got. <laughs> <laughs> Good start. Because, so, here's the thing, right? We are in Futurama territory where I'm pretty sure i've only seen most of these episodes like one time right same um 
like I'm I'm waiting for a time for an episode that we get to where I'm just like, wait, I have I don't think I've ever actually seen this because every time I load one of these ones up, I'm like, what is this one about? A farewell to arms? I don't remember. Like, is it a war episode? Like, what mm-hmm. what's going on? And I got about halfway through this episode. The whole time I was just like, I don't think I've seen this one. And then we got to a point where I've seen, I'm like, oh, right. Okay. I do remember this one now. Um, but the title definitely didn't help this because yeah. it is a reference to the very, very, very <laughs> end that I didn't connect until we sat down to record. It is, it is quite funny when I, when you realize what the, what the reference is, it's like, why, why is that the title of the, is that where they started? And they're like, okay, we've got this great title, Fairware to Arms. How do we make it happen? It's like a mystery novel. You start at the end and mm-hmm. work your way backwards. It's true. Except it's about arms. So Mostly about arms. We start off this episode no- with nothing to do about arms. It is on the streets of New New no, York. No, that's a different show. Nothing about arms? <laughs> nothing to do about arms. Ah, uh, yes. Shakespeare's finest work. <laughs> is, uh, I, I, I cannot think of a better work by Shakespeare. Nothing to do about arms. So... <laughs> Um, <laughs> we haven't even started the episode and I'm already at, at just tearing up. It starts out on the streets of New New York. Um, it is a nice sunny day. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it starts just raining and a tornado sweeps through. And then all of a sudden it goes back to being nice and sunny out. And Leela says a lot of weather we're having. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is... Definitely not some where I looked at first when I had when the opening bit light came on today. Yes, yes, you're very clever. Now shut up. So, <laughs> uh, Fry offers. Well, I, I, I won't turn on this open disaster's opening bit light again. Fry <laughs> offers to help Leela across a puddle by taking off his pants and then mm-hmm. laying his pants on the puddle. Oh, so very gentlemanly. And taking her hand and guiding her across. And of course, that obviously, I mean, I don't know why Fry didn't see this coming. She falls in and a tentacle monster uh, attacks her. And then it smash cuts to Planet Express where she's grilling up a tentacle monster. Fry is also hanging up his pants inside. It's great. There's it. it, it, it we've barely gotten about like 30 seconds in and it's just the most buckwild thing to start so uh the professor is going to launch a weather balloon because as he points out it seems something ain't right in the magnetosphere well i mean all that bizarre atmospheric conditions makes sense so he launches this weather balloon the tail of which is the clothesline fry is using to dry his pants so there go his pants into high altitude they're his lucky pants and also his only pants i feel if you only have one pair of pants they're also lucky every lucky thing that well okay i was gonna say everything lucky that happens to you happens when you're wearing those pants but lucky things can happen when you are not wearing pants as well so i retract my statement before Mm -hmm. i even finished some would say the luckiest things a lot of great things can happen with no pants exactly like laying on the couch and watching futurama exactly that's my usual futurama watching habit and now everyone in the audience knows all of your notes are written sans pants sans pants underpants yes that's different thing right i'm always wearing my lucky underpants Mm -hmm. and we should point out because we've got a lot of listeners in the uk we're talking about trousers 
Mm-hmm. Not it's, pants, because that gets confused. We're back to that difference between British English and American English. I don't know how I'll ever keep it straight. Um, we should just come trousers up with, are pants now. We should just come up with a new word and then agree on it. We'll send our delegates. Mm-hmm. They'll send their delegates, and we'll be like, "We need a a totally new word." I got it for pants slash trousers. I already have it. I, okay. I here's my trance. T r a n t s trance. It's portmanteau between trousers and pants. Oh no, I got that. Okay, <laughs> that's not the reason I was unimpressed. <laughs> Oh, it was the multitude of other reasons? It's that it just doesn't sound like a thing I want to put on my body. I want to put all the trance on. I was like, oh, like trance music? Like, I was ready to take some ecstasy and get some, like, uh, glow sticks and just, Mm -hmm. you know. Like, the trance are the pants that I wear Mm -hmm. when I'm going to a rave. I see. So... So you're right. They're trans pants. You're right. That's a different thing. Hmm. We'll, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, I look forward to the British delegation coming with their thoughts and, and, and as well. So we'll see. Uh, so since these are Fry's lucky pants, which he explains they're lucky because they're the ones that uh, he... I don't remember all the reasons. He definitely met Leela in those he, pants. But yeah, he met Leela in those pants, which considering that happened uh, canonically 12 years ago... Uh, he has had this one pair of pants for 12 years. They've been his only pants for 12 years. And I just got to ask, how does one get pants so durable? They're very durable. I agree. I'm assuming he's washing them regularly. That might be an assumption too far. Uh, it's fry. So I'm going to assume the opposite of that. That being said, still very durable. I'm going. Hmm, I'm going to assume now that they're just held together by like dirt and mold. Ooh, not a not a pleasant smell. No, not really. So one wash and they go. They're basically done. The Planet Express ship chases after these pants, and Fry is suddenly really worried that God is going to get these pants. Sure. She's like, no one gets my lucky pants. Not even the Creator. Blessed be He. And so he shoots down this weather balloon and the pants come screaming back down to earth um fortunately landing in central park mm-hmm. speaking of durability they don't burn up in the atmosphere i know these pants are magic they are no wonder they're lucky pants <laughs> they're plot armor pants if i had a pair of pants that could survive <laughs> re-entry <laughs> survive re-entry they would be my lucky pants, too. They would I also would, be my only pants. I would never need another pair of pants. I mean, we, we... I went into this <laughs> judging fry, and now I'm like, no way. These things can yeah. survive planetary re-entry? I, I, think, I think NASA's been going down the wrong path on re-entry. They just need to line their spaceships with these pants. <laughs> just figure out who made them, what they're made of, and then just slap them on there. Uh-huh. NASA needs to get that Levi's sponsorship exactly. and then just make spaceships out of pants. <laughs> we got to make spaceships out of pants. I Okay. I don't even know where to go. Hashtag that. make spaceships out of pants. Let's get this. Let's get this hashtag trending. We got to get it right to NASA. Mm-hmm. The administration wants to put uh, uh, astronauts back on the moon by 2020. 20- 24 i got good news for you levi's already has the technology 
we are making it easier and cheaper to do this. So the plant, uh, the pants come back. We're gonna to... be we're gonna be lauded as like visionaries. It's great. Eat your heart out, Elon Musk. <laughs> um, yes. The pants fall back down to earth, and Fry's about to get them, but then a badger gets them instead. I will point out that it is a Hermes refers to it as a Central Park badger, as a known entity. I mean, those got to be the toughest badgers, right? I mean, they're in Central Park in the middle of so, New York. The badger gets the pants, runs off uh, down a hole, and Fry goes in after it. He has to grease him up with varmint grease from Scruffy, who asks, what viscosity do you need? Good question, Scruffy. But see, that's how you know you're dealing with a professional. Exactly. Because a, an amateur would just be like, sure, whatever, I can grease you up. Right. A professional... Knows the right grease for the situation. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's that Simpsons episode where Santa's little helper gets stuck in the vents. Mm-hmm. And so groundskeeper Willie needs to get greased up and go in there. And he goes to the lunch lady and is like, you got any grease? And sh- and he's like, grease me up, woman. And so, but she's an amateur because she's mm-hmm. a lunch lady, not a professional greaser. See? So she doesn't ask for viscosity. She's only got the one kind. Right. Amateur move. Exactly. Scruffy, professional greaser. He's got all kinds of viscosities. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is the Futurama writers learned from the, the Simpsons writers, who some of which might be the same people, and said, now, she was an amateur, but Scruffy, Scruffy, he's, he's an expert at this. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of. I think it's just, you know, there are definitely, in any sort of field, there's professionals and there's amateurs. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially in the varmint, varmint greasing. Exactly. It's true. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's just that they acknowledge that Lunch Lady Doris is primarily a lunch lady mm-hmm. who happens to to know a few things about grease, mm-hmm. while Scruffy, a greaser on the side, if you will, yeah, Scruffy is like he's probably got some sort of certification. Um, you know, he went to night classes mm-hmm. and, and I like, see, you know, got some sort of uh, associate's degree, and he's well stocked with that grease. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, every viscosity has its own reason. Exactly. So, Fry gets greased up with the correct viscosity of grease. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very good because this, this doesn't come back. He gets down there. I'm wondering if we are the podcast with the record for number of times we've said viscosity on the podcast. I mean, there's got to be some, like, physics podcasts mm-hmm. that do it more. But there, might, there might be uh, maybe car talk. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Car true. Talk does feel like they would talk about viscosity of like okay. motor oil. Well, there go my hopes for yeah. fame and notoriety in the podcast but world. I will say Car Talk is on hiatus. Okay, well. So we are the current active leaders, Okay, okay. Which is something. All right. It's not nothing. I don't... Let's not be hard on ourselves. We are talking about viscosity more than anybody else that we know of actively. Fry gets greased up with the correct <laughs> viscosity of varmint grease. Got to get one one more in there. Oh, I've got plenty more. So he goes down this hole. He he lights a match to see what's going on. And he finds all this writing. And also, the grease, while maybe its viscosity is correct, is also flammable. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it just lights up. And then uh, everyone jumps down to help Fry. Scruffy puts him out. Which is good, because he mm-hmm. was on fire. He was, he was like a candle down there. And uh, 
Leela ends up falling down this deeper part of the hole, mm-hmm. and Fry goes to save her, but he can't because you know he reaches out his his hand. It's sort of the theme mm-hmm. of the episode is he's always putting his hand out. Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately for Leela, most of the time his hands are sticky, but this time it's greasy with the correct varmint viscosity. Mm-hmm, it's true. And uh, so she goes to grab it, slides off, mm-hmm. and uh, she falls down this hole and breaks her leg. I will say before she falls down this hole, she notices that the uh, the the writing on the walls is not mutant language because mutants use more profanity than this. I mean, if I lived in the sewers, every other word out of my mouth would be fuck, fuck, fuck. Anyway, Leela comes to after falling down. Um, Everybody's climbing down a rope made of Fry's clothes, who is now fully naked. Um, And she realizes her her leg is broken. So she's like, man, every time you try to help me, I almost die. Mm -hmm. Can't you just be like an unhelpful jerk like Bender? I mean, you know, in practice, in, in the theory is rough. It, it it doesn't support this, but in practice, it does. And uh, but the good news is, Fry has his pants, which he puts on, and the badger is still in them. Yeah, because there was no sign of the badger until he put fully put on his pants. And I don't know about you, but those they didn't seem baggy enough to no, to not notice a badger when you're putting your legs through it. It's just the magic of those pants. Magic pants. The, the pants are what the plot needed at the time. While they're down here, Amy uses her flashlight and spies something with it, which is a giant pyramid. It's very large. Uh, the professor wants to study the ancient disc guarding the entrance of the pyramid. And how are they going to transport such an old, ancient, fragile thing? And then smash cut to Bender just rolling it down the streets in New New York. <laughs> All um, over cars food carts through the the elevated uh what are they called the the like the kind of the subway things the pneumatic tubes oh yes yes took me um, a while and um i was like monorail no that's a simpsons thing we're back on the simpsons we're, we're north haverbrook uh or ogdenville by gum it put them on the map so uh i'm a good i'm i'm a fan of a good smash cut joke yep. and i feel that was a good sma- that was a smash good cut joke yeah um so it looks like it's a calendar, and it looks like it's perhaps a Mayan calendar. Uh, it predates even the Girls of Sumeria calendar. It is. It is actually. Uh, it it looks like a Mayan calendar, but there's some old soup on the the monitor from when Scruffy was eating soup and watching pornography. Ah, uh, yes, the natural thing to do: mm-hmm. soup and pornography together at last. But it is actually once they get rid of the soup, it's actually a Martian calendar. And so Amy uh, speaks a little bit of Martian. Just enough to yell to Nanny. And so she reads this calendar and it is saying something about how the sun will erupt and all shall perish. um, And that there's a great cataclysm that will destroy the world in 3012. Now, Fry's like, why is that so familiar? Why why is that so familiar, Ben? Uh, Because that's this year. In the show, of course. Yes. So obvious. This is an obvious reference, of course, to the whole like the Mayan calendar ends in 2012 yeah. thing, and the world was going to end. Now I have a very specific bone to pick with this. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, there's a lot, so pick wisely. Not so much the reference, but the actual like the world is going to end in mm-hmm. 2012 because the oh. Mayan calendar <laughs> ended 
on my birthday. <laughs> so that year, I was trying to get a um, uh, trying to do like a birthday party. Sure, you know, and the number of people who are like, "Oh, I can't go because I'm going to the end of the world party," and I'm like, "That is some BS." <laughs> And, like, the world is not ending. <laughs> like, okay, if the world were really going to end, I get it. Ditch my lame party where I'm just going to go to a pub and drink some old fashions and go to a, a real rager. Go to a freaking orgy for all I care. <laughs> the world is ending at midnight. And so, like, fine. You do you. But, but, but the world obviously wasn't ending on my birthday in the year 2012. Let me posit something. Yes. But, I mean, you seem like you're ready to ma- finish your point, but I do have a po- uh, something to posit once yes. you're finished. Uh, oh, well, I mean, I'm just like, so my birthday is already like three days before Christmas. You have any idea how hard it is to get a <laughs> birthday party going to begin with? Now, not only do I have to compete with Jesus, but I have to compete with Mayan doomsday predictions. Like, a guy can't win. I just want to have people together and drink some whiskey and reminisce about good times while not having a fight with Jesus and Mayan calendars. That that's the, how am I going to win against those? Uh, you're not. Uh, also, that seems like the uh, the worst Smash Bros. Uh, fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus, the Mayans, and Ben. Uh-huh. Um, now, I do want to posit. You said obviously the world has not ended. Let me posit this. Maybe it did, and we're all just figments of the, the imagination of some child in a different dimension. That child is messed up. It's fair. It kind of neglected that child, but you know what? I mean, as the figment of his imagination, I feel okay with it. That child is imagining this podcast right now, and that that I don't want to get into the psychology of that. It's blown this little boy's mind that he, he could... he. Honestly, no one's referred to him yet, and now we're talking about him, and he's like, oh, finally. Maybe this is when the world ends, because he'll stop thinking about it, because he's finally gotten somebody to talk about him. It's like that moment you realize you're having a dream, and then that kicks you awake? Yeah, exactly, Uh yeah. Now, is this a movie? No. Okay. I would not watch that movie. It's it's basically like... None of the movies we've we've talked about would would watch, though. Worse, The Matrix. Oh, I we're see your just, point. We're yeah. all just a simulation, but also the moment we realize that the kid wakes up and then it's over, and there's no cool fight scenes and no cool like slow mo kung fu. Now, what if the boy knows slow mo kung fu and then fights? Uh, man, this is going down a weird rabbit hole. After I was just like, <laughs> I'm I'm mad about my birthday in 2012. <laughs> Yes, and... Anyways, so doom starts happening. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, the moment they read this prophecy. Not a great prophecy. Um, I mean, I guess... Okay, let me, let me, let me walk that back. Prophecy. It's a very accurate prophecy. Needed to be found a little bit. It, it's not acting as a prophecy. It's acting more like a real-time narration. <laughs> yeah, it's more like the news. So, doom starts happening. Um... Amy lists off all the things that are going to happen. Fires and earthquakes and shark explosions. I'm, I don't want to know what that's like. Kind of like a Sharknado, but with more bombs. Mm-hmm. Where, now, does a bomb blow off and then there's just so many sharks everywhere? Or is it, 
I don't think want to think about the other thing. It's a shark. shark guts. It's a shark that explodes out into other sharks that then explode into other sharks. Oh, it's kind of like a fractal of sharks. It's a shark doll. All right. No, I could I could see a movie like that. <laughs> I'm always thinking about the next <laughs> Back to the Future on the Films hit. I thought you were going to say you're always thinking of the next Sharknado franchise. Well, I mean, as as executive of Back to the Futurama Films, I have to be thinking about the next Sharknado franchise. Shark Doll. It's a fractal of sharks. That it. I would probably watch that, actually. We finally hit on one, one that Ben would watch. Did I ever tell you about when I watched Sharknado? I was like, you can portmanteau a shark into anything. So I printed out a label for my bottle of tequila and called it Sharkila. Ooh. And then I just drank a bunch of tequila while watching <laughs> Sharknado. It's the only correct way to do it, I argue, as the one person who has done this. <laughs> Somewhere I've got a picture of the Sharkila label. Yeah. Uh, I'll see if I can post that. That's, to... I, I love the... This is the right way to do it. I'm the only one to have hit this yet. So... Uh, you know people are going to be like, oh, that that does sound like a good time. Drink responsibly. So <laughs> uh, we see that the professor has, has uh, trained some sort of telescopic camera on the sun. We see that it's a catastrophic sunspot cycle. And so it's just launching giant uh, coronal mass ejections at mm. the planet. Uh, this is when the professor s- s- proclaims the end of the world. Um, everybody in New York is panicking. Everybody, including Coward Man, who just flies away. Oh, what a coward. And uh, so the crew begins to evacuate the planet. The Planet Express ship is loaded down with all of their stuff. And um, somebody says, I think like the professor says, so long, Earth. Thanks for nothing. Mm-hmm. And the ship won't start. Leela keeps hitting that button and it just it won't turn over. The same is happening for Sal and also Nixon's head. Their, sh- their ships or cars won't start. It turns out that the electromagnetic storm disabled all electronics, including Bender. He is mid pickpocketing the professor as he shuts down. I mean, if there is one thing to be in the middle of as Bender to be doing, it's pickpocketing. He died doing what he loved. Mm-hmm. Um, so they realize they can't really go anywhere. So Fry finds Leela on the Widow's Walk. There it is. Widow's Walk. Official word of Back to the Future. <laughs> we should have a drop that's like, wid- 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 Widow's Walk. Leela's like, you know, it's fine. We're all just going to die. I just, uh, if only I could get back the time of my life watching Tron Legacy. Fry is like, I will find and destroy all the copies. It may take me a couple hours, but... Which, what, like, there are those occasional jokes where, like, future, suddenly the writers of Futurama are just like, i got a bone to pick with yeah. Tron Legacy. It's like, no, but screw this in particular. Uh, so she's like, well, you could do that, or you want to join the Balcony Club? Then Zoidberg comes over and is like, I have an individual membership to the Balcony Club. First, I argue it should be called the Widow's Walk Club. Widow's Walk. Second, I don't really want to know if Zoidberg is being incredibly earnest in his declaration of having a solo membership to the Balcony Club, or if he's just being naive and is like, I'm on the balcony. I hope it's naive, because otherwise I don't want to think about it. 
I mean, sometimes you got to find that alone time somehow. It, the widow's walk is very public. Very public. It's true. It is. It is pretty public. Yes. Like you can, you could be walking on the street and see it and be like, hey, like that's where many There's times. There's a giant crab monster masturbating on that widow's walk. Wid- 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 widow's walk. And we were told by the video that that was not cool. Viscosity. <laughs> man we are sorry for for the challenging thoughts today everybody at that point amy bursts onto the balcony and is like stop the end of the world sex i think there's a way we can save all of ourselves (laughs) i mean that's that's one way to stop uh joining the balcony club i don't know man like like i said if the world end of the world is actually coming you might as well too <laughs> so uh Amy has translated more Martian symbols and finds out that the big pyramid they uncovered is actually a rocket ship. There is the great joke where she's like It's a great joke. She's like I translated more of the Martian symbols and then it cuts to them in front of the pyramid mm-hmm. and she says uh that it's a rocket ship and Zoidberg's like it was worth waiting five hours to hear you finish that sentence. <laughs> I do love because that's often a device used in these kind of things that it looks in like, all sorts of shows, yeah. not just Futurama. I mean, Futurama has done it a lot, sure, but like The Simpsons has done it. A lot of sitcoms have done yeah. it where they're just like they finish that thought at the place at or whatever the place. And I love the the joke about like literally calling it out, saying this is what happened. I mean, hell, I, uh, this weekend I watched uh, Detective Pikachu. And uh, it was great, by the way. I loved it. Oh, it's fantastic. But there is a part in that movie where that happens where um, I don't think it's actually like the finish, uh, the the end of a sentence, but like they drive back from a place and no spoilers, I promise, mm-hmm. but they drive there back. There are cars? Yes. They drive back <laughs> from a place and as they're getting out, they're like, we got to talk about blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Y'all just drove from a very far away place. You could have talked in the car that whole time. So They were shocked into silence, Ben. So everything does it. Uh, there are reasons they might not have been able to talk in such a confined space, but we will talk about this on the Detective Pikachu spoiler cast. Oh, man. Let's, let, we should do a Detective Pikachu <laughs> bonus episode. Anyways, Leela is at the helm of this pyramid spaceship she's like well i think i can fly it i've only ever uh flown a uh she says i've never flown a pyramid before but i did used to drive around town in a mausoleum right uh i couldn't remember what she drove but yeah she drove around town in a mausoleum it's about the same and uh so she estimates that uh the pyramid could probably save about thirty thousand people it is the more uh professor posits that it is the moral duty of the crew to save as many people as they can and then the cave starts caving in, so the professor says they've had their chance. Let's go. So then, before they can flee, Zap shows up and uh, kind of arrests them all, takes them to Nixon, and uh, in the secret underground White House that they call the Heidi House. Nixon is like, "Well, we gotta, we gotta figure out who can go. I mean, obviously, we're gonna need leaders, so I'm in, mm-hmm. and we're gonna need professors." And we're going to need scientists and we're going to need pilots 
and we're going to need, uh, you know, he's just going down the line and he's like, and that's it. And so it leaves Fry out. He has the no, only person. no useful capabilities to get him off the planet. It is true. Uh, they decide that the best uh, the best place to fly it is is Mars, close and it's right there. It's right there. Um, this is when Fry is sad, uh, but Nixon is like, "Quit the waterworks, hippie." The decision will be made by Cole Logical Machine. And so it cuts to Madison Cube Garden, where there is a machine called the Confabulous Choosmotron, and Fry's like, "Man, I hate waiting in line to die." Which, you know, gotta be... Fa- he could be getting it on on a widow's walk somewhere. Exactly. Widow's walk. They're one by one getting up uh, in front of this, mm-hmm. like, box. They put their hand in. It reads kind of who this person is and what sort of abilities they have that allow them to um, be on Mars. Um, and uh, so, like, Hattie gets in because she's... Uh, old and crotchety and she'll be useful for nagging or something i think it was keeping people in line or yeah something. basically nagging people to keep them in line mm-hmm. um and then um petunia uh does it next and it rejects her it's like we just got one of those <laughs> cold logical machine um bender is about to get judged but he finds out that there's going to be a lot of mayhem and so he's like oh no screw that i'm gonna stay here for the mayhem sure um fry is is accepted uh even though he has no real special talents the choosematron's literally like no absolutely no talent whatsoever i like his pants accepted so he gets in the lucky pants worked the lucky pants man they're important Thank goodness he saved them. Think about what you could do with indestructible pants on Mars. It's true. Right? We already talked about how, you know, you use those pants, get to the moon, like, you need those pants. It's all about those pants. It's all about the pants. No shirts. (laughs) I was trying to think of something that was two syllables and I had nothing. No blazers. There it is. Okay, cool. No blazers. So it's just pants without blazers. Exactly. So yeah, Fry gets in and then Leela's up next and it rejects her because as was pointed out earlier, all the spaceships no longer work except for the one and they've already got a spaceship pilot, so they don't need a second one. And who is that spaceship pilot you might uh, might ask? It's Zap. It cuts to him in the thing and he's hitting a button and it just unleashes a whole thing of snakes right on Kef. Kiff doesn't seem all that concerned. He just kind of like stares at like, really? Really? I have a feeling he's been snake piled before. That's fair. I would not react in that way if if a bunch of snakes landed on me, I'll say. I'll just say. I mean, yeah, I'll I'll pass on the pile of snakes. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Same. Um, This is when Fry starts raging against the machine. Aha, I see what you did there. Uh-huh. I mean, he's literally like trying to beat up the machine. And so he tries to beat up the machine and it's like, um, male, full of anger, prone to violence, except it again. <laughs> it's just awful. Uh, this is when Earl and Schmitty draw their weapons at him because he's trying to blow up the machine. Um, and Leela's like, just put it down. The box is spoken. Later at Planet Express, everybody's grabbing their stuff and heading to Mars. Well, so there's one important part. Ooh, I missed. So Fry is like, well, will you at least keep this photo? And it's of Fry and Leela at the Planet Express prom. Oh, yes. 
Um, very, very prestigious dance. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, so she's like, no, you should hang on to it. Um, you know, I want you to have something to remember me with because I'll be dead. (laughs) It's true. Lula says, you take it. I'll remember you here. And, and like puts her hand over her heart and he's like, I wish I could remember with my boobs. It's fair. To be fair, if boobs helped memory they would be all the greater memory sounds kind of like mammary so you know they're it's basically almost Basi- there yeah basically there just gotta put a brain in there it's fine it's yeah it's totally cool this is how this is how science works mm-hmm. i went to when i was in high school i went to one of those uh, like host your own murder mystery okay parties okay and spoiler for this very specific murder mystery uh thing <laughs> um i was an alien okay who implanted someone's brains into one of the other guests butts um because there were multiple rounds where like because you had to go around and be like you know uh it, it would give you like clues you have to sort of give out to everybody and one of mine was like people have been noticing so-and-so's butt is very large lately and i'm like what the <laughs> hell is this this is the worst worst murder mystery ever <laughs> and uh it turned out that i implanted brains into their butt so for some reason i don't remember the whole point of any of of this yeah. murder mystery yeah i can yeah, huh? It was just weird as a as an awkward high school kid talking about someone else's uh, one of the female guests' butts. Like, sup, baby? You've got big cans because I put brains in them. <laughs> like, that's weird, right? That's not just me. That's weird. Now, now, what you should have done is just a hundred percent pulled it from uh, Sir Mix a lot. Oh my God! Look at their butt. I put brains in them. I like big brains, and I cannot lie. That butt you is other full aliens of can't deny that when a butt has brains and things feel insane. Uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> I get intellectually stimulated. I got nothing. <laughs> so I tried. I'm I'm not Sir Mix a lot. So <laughs> No. No, not not right. Not really. So the ship takes off and uh back on Earth, Bender gets immediately to looting. Well, we we've kind of uh jumped a little bit because everybody's at at Planet Express uh getting ready to go to Mars and Fry comes in and says, "Leela, I got you a ticket. I'm not uh, going to yes. tell you how, but I got you a ticket." That um, important point that I just glossed over because I was too busy thinking about brain butts. <laughs> <laughs> now that's using your butt. <laughs> so, uh, yes, Fry gets Leela a ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Zap actually accidentally launches the ship before everybody's on board. And that feels like it's going to kill a decent amount of people. <laughs> classic Zap. Um, Leela is looking at his, her past and is like, this is the noble, most noble thing you've ever done for me, Fry, and grabs the hand of the person sitting next to her. But it's not Fry. It's Nine. Mm-hmm. And he's like, 
I'm a lot of people, but I ain't fry. I have a bone to pick. How did she not know it's not fry? How, how did... How? She didn't notice that she went alone? <laughs> what is happening? I mean, it's a it's a stressful time. Uh, the world is ending. You know, and even if you make it out alive, you know, their favorite pizza place just isn't anymore. Like... Where are you going to get pizza now on Mars? That okay. is a lot to take in. It is uh, it, your your path of logic is also a, a lot to take in too. I'm just saying if I'm getting on a flight and that's not even a never going to see you again situation and I sit down in my seat and my wife isn't there and then I grab somebody's hand and it's not my wife, I have a lot of questions. Hmm. But also I would have noticed before this you were busy thinking about pizza places, obviously. I mean, I'm always thinking about pizza. Always. All day <laughs> I dream about pizza. Um, no, that I mean, that's a good question. But, you know, it's a, a science fiction comedy show on Fox, later Comedy Central. It's not exactly lacking in the plot hole department. That's fair. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll let you be this time, Futurama. But next time. We need a VHS tape to explain this plot hole to us. Literally in the next episode, I'm taking you to task, Futurama. <laughs> so, uh, yes, we find out that it was actually Fry's ticket the whole time. She pulls off the ID photo on this ticket, and it was Fry's. It was a picture of Leela from the Planet Express prom. And this is when he's kind of is standing on the wi- 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 widow's walk and sees the spaceship fly away. Fry stays behind to die. Bender stays behind to loot. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the ship lands on Mars, and the Wongs welcome them. Uh, $20 admission fee, please. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't remember exactly what happens. Everyone starts disembarking, and... and uh, The most important thing that happened is that Leela is sad that sh- she never got and will never get a chance to, th- to thank Fry. So... Bender is looting back on Earth. He's looting so fast he's stealing his own stuff and things he doesn't need, like a Torah. I do like how he steals a Rolls Royce and the license plate says Poupon on it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it's, a callback. Remember those great Poupon commercials? I do. Do they still have... I don't watch TV anymore. Do they still have those commercials? I do not know about the commercials, but they do still have great Poupon. I mean, I, w- I yes, I wasn't assuming that the commercial stopped. <laughs> and then they're like, this was our main source of getting people to buy our mustard. Mm-hmm. Well, they have to advertise somehow. Like, th- think about it. Like, now at this point, Heinz is on this weird viral marketing where they're like, you know, you know what we got to do? We got to mix mayonnaise into everything and then put it up on the Internet and people get mad about it. And then they go buy it like Cranch. See, now I'm really curious to see if Grey Poupon has a Twitter account. Oh my goodness, this is the most important thing we've talked about in this episode. Uh, well, that's not a uh, legit. There's a lot of parody Grey Poupon Twitter accounts. I don't want parody. I want the real thing. Um, yeah, I don't think Grey Poupon has a, has a... Okay. That is disappointing. Grey Poupon at us. Get a get a Twitter. How are they going to at us if they? They don't? have to get a Twitter first. They have to. They... I yeah, cannot... right, right. Like, how how would they not have a? Uh, I mean, they're owned by Heinz, 
So, I mean, you would think maybe it's just rolled into the Heinz brand, right? Well, hold on. I found uh, at Grey Poupon uh, underscore US. I don't I don't think. Well, maybe it it, it certainly links to graypoupon.com. There's no check mark though. I oh, can't, that's true. I can't verify. And graypoupon.com goes to myfoodandfamily.com, which is Kraft Heinz. This is bizarre. This this goes deep. Uh, uh, get to know Kraft Heinz. Oh, oh boy! Look at all this. There's so much. Hmm. Okay. See, now I'm trying to figure out if this is the actual. It's only got a thousand followers. I I understand. Um, and only 1,200 tweets. Um, okay. Oh, and yeah, it does not tweet very often. Okay, is, do you think this is a thing that Grey Poupon would actually tweet? As it is still far too chilly to take a dip in the pool, satisfy the urge by taking various finger foods for a dip in the Dijon. I, that seems pretty legit to me. See, I don't think it's fancy enough. I think Grey Poupon tweets fancier than that. The children are back at boarding school. Although they will be missed, that awful racket they call music will certainly not. That is definitely a Grey Poupon. Do, do you think that's really great? That I th- feels like a Grey Poupon to me. I think it's not legit Grey Poupon. I think it is a... Uh, I think it's a parody account. I don't. I don't think it's real Grey Poupon. Um, it last tweeted March twenty first. It's true the, um, when they got an Instagram account. Uh huh. We have an exciting news. Grey Poupon now has an Instagram at Grey Poupon underscore US. Um, I I just don't know. It does not feel legit. The well, I will say Grump Grump for Grey Poupon isn't very popular. Even the Instagram that they, which which does have a check mark, the Instagram has a check mark. So, Grape Upon Instagram check mark, Grape Upon underscore US Twitter no check mark. I I I think it's real, and that's that's my gut. But they do not tweet. Uh, but so, at us. So I'm right now composing a tweet. Oh please, hey, yes, make at- it. <laughs> Hey, at Grey Poupon underscore US. Are you the legit account for Grey Poupon? Need to know for a podcast. <laughs> Please let us know. Oh, our, our fans on, on Thursday when they hear this is, are going to love this. Sincerely, a podcast about Futurama, <laughs> not Mustard. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> this is. This is the best. Um, okay, so I think we've talked enough about Grey Poupon, considering it was just a license plate. So, back on Mars, Nixon has opened the brand new city of Dick Francisco, mm-hmm. a name I do not like. Well, don't, don't, don't attach too, too much to it. Uh, it's the true. show doesn't. Um. <laughs> It's a it's a like a futuristic city made of glass. It looks like and it does look glimmers pretty cool. and yeah, it's it's I, pretty cool. I, I would not want to give my address out to people mm-hmm. uh, in Dick Francisco Mars. Sure, yeah. Well, well, one two one Dick Street, Dick, Dick Francisco. Yeah, 
uh, zip code six nine six nine four twenty four twenty. So a native Martian shows up to this uh, opening of Dick Francisco. And this is when uh, they make a joke about the Washington football team that feels very, very rough. Yeah, I just, I wasn't even going to. I want to call it out because it's awful and that team should change their name. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I I, I know we don't politicize, but like that, it it is awful to me that they, that I, 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 I don't like the joke. I think it's awful and I I don't like the football team either. Okay. Uh, It is, it is on the record. I hope none of my family listen to this because they're all fans <laughs> of that. Um, I mean, agree um, on all counts. So, except my family uh, doesn't because go Broncos. Right. So, And there's nothing wrong with Broncos at all. Not at all. Um, so, the... Also, Zep presents a monument called Heroes, and it's just like three people like, ah, Yeah, it's a, it's a monument from... to all the people left behind. And they're um, uh, all, they're shown cowering from some unknowable horror coming to them. So, it's very good. the native Martian is like, nah, man, like, that calendar wasn't, like, why would you think it was about Earth? Because it, it was in Martian. Like, it's a warning for you not to come mm-hmm. to Mars, because Mars is the one that's going to have this cataclysm. Yeah, and, and Singing Wind, which is the name of the, the Martian, uh, was also, are you, I, I can't believe that pyramid ship flew. Yeah. So, that's, that's news. Um, and then they have about 15 minutes maximum before he heads off in a bubble glow inspired ship. Yeah, he's just there to get the rest of his stuff and then fly off. Um, and this is when everybody's mad at Amy for about five seconds. It's true because Amy misinterpreted the thing. There's even a drawing down at the bottom of a solar flare like curving around Earth to hit Mars. Yeah, that doesn't really help Amy's cause very much because that doesn't really even need translation. Uh-huh. But as you pointed out, they're mad at Amy for about five seconds because they don't have much uh, time to be mad at Amy before the planet gets hit by the solar flare and starts coming apart at the seams. Yeah, it's igniting subsurface gas pockets. And then that ends up being like propulsion. So Mars starts getting blasted out of its orbit towards Earth. I said Mars farts its way out of its orbit. I mean, that is a way to think about it. Yes. Um, at, it's at this point, I don't remember exactly in what context, but I have it in my notes that at this point, Leela's talking about how uh, every time Fry says he loves me, I get killed. Yeah, fair. I mean, you know, he did get her on Mars. So, you know, you know, and all the other times. Meanwhile, back on Earth. Uh, Fry and Bender are just chilling out on the patio at Planet Express. They're having pina scaladas. Uh-huh. They went grave robbing, which Fry's like, you're right. Grave robbing was a lot of fun. Bender's like, uh, do you miss what's her name? Which, by the way, been a day at most. It's, yeah. Um, and he does, even though he's enjoying the pina scalata, which I have to say, I kind of want a skull-shaped mug so I can make pina scaladas. I would like that too, but not an actual skull. No, not an actual skull. Uh, just things that... I mean, first of all, I imagine a skull is not particularly watertight. Um, yeah, I would probably agree with that. So, you know, it's just something that looks like a skull. Mm-hmm. And then I'll drink a pina colada out of it and it'll well, be a pina scalata. And I want to do this now. I have a thought. It it would be somewhat watertight if you treated it, if it was flipped upside down. 
the the bottom part where your jaw is there's not a whole lot of there's just i mean there's holes. still you know that's old cracks i have stuff, a feeling like you know we we can get into the physics of whether or not a skull is good for drinking out of on a later date <laughs> i'm not saying it's it's great i'm just saying it's possible so uh mars is heading right towards earth the planets end up getting so close that they are destroying each other's buildings. Mm-hmm. Like the really tall buildings are just getting annihilated. Yeah. Um, and so they get so close that the professor is like, okay, once we get to like 82nd street, um, everybody just jump. And so they jump and then flip over and now they're back on earth. Perfect. But the problem is Leela can't. Her leg has been broken this whole time. Uh, this is when Fry climbs to the tallest point of Planet Express, and it's like, Leela, grab my hand. Bad things happen when you do that. And he's like, but, you know, you just, you, you've got to do it. Like, this is the only way. And so she does, and her arm comes off mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah, for some reason. I have no... So... Nope. I don't even... Nope. <laughs> I don't know. I, it just... It's... We had a pun, and we got to make the pun work. So... Uh, yeah, her arm comes off, and so he runs after her a little bit, and he's like, no, just try one more time, grab the stumpy end of your arm that came off. She's like, ew, but okay. And so she grabs it, and then Fry's arm comes off, for again, for some reason, (laughs) that I don't understand. And then they just kind of scream and throw it, throw it out, (laughs) just kind of throw it. And it goes flying off in the distance, these two hands holding hands with each other. And so it cuts to later at Planet Express. Leela's getting bandaged up. Um, and and everybody thanks Scruffy for saving Leela. He's like, don't thank me. Thank the latter. <laughs> um, I, love, I love the delivery that Scruffy gives. And so uh, they have a sort of touching moment where Leela's like, you know, you failed miserably. But you're the only person who loves me enough to try. Yeah, and, you know, that's really what love is, that's right? That's true. Uh, the professor is cloning their arms, and that should be fully grown in about a month. Mm-hmm. It's literally playing the world's smallest violin. <laughs> Which is very funny. Um, and then it cuts to their two arms, uh, severed arms, floating off through space, still holding hands. And that's why this episode is called A Farewell to Arms, which is a thing I did not get until sitting down to record this episode. The pun, you have to wait for the, the resolution of the pun for about 22 minutes. It's amazing. Uh-huh. They literally, I can't imagine them doing anything else than, this would be funny. Oh, that's the end of the re- episode. How do we get there? And speaking of the end of the episode, it is time for... Grades. I think it's an okay episode. Right. Um, it was obviously, you know, writing that uh, end of the world, you know, Mayan calendar, whatever shenanigans that everyone was all hyped up on at the time, except for me, because it was my birthday, but mm-hmm. fine. I don't hold a grudge. I hold a grudge. I, so, yeah, I, I was about to say. Um... You know, I think the I think the plot is, you know, aside from that being, um, you know, topical about the end of the world thing, um, I, I do think it was sort of classic Futurama sort of plot, mm-hmm. even if it was trying to ride that wave. Um, and, you know, I think I think for the most part, the plot's fine, except for the fact that at the very end, their arms come off <laughs> for literally no reason. <laughs> 
there is nothing that happens in that episode where it's like, oh, we've been taking this miracle pill to hopefully let us not die in the apocalypse, but it might cause our limbs to fall off. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what they say about arms falling off in the third act. There should have been something that makes arms fall off in the first act. (laughs) That's what they say about arms falling off. It's a very common thing. So that part bugs me because (laughs) it doesn't a little bit. Um, I think most of the jokes are pretty funny. Um, it's it's a it's a fine episode. Um, I would give it a, a C plus. I think it's pretty good, not excellent. Okay. Um, but overall, it is pretty enjoyable. Sounds good. Um, the one thing that you were describing with the the plot, it's it's very much clearly of the 2012 Mayan calendar ending thing that we've Slash discussed. Ben's birthday. Slash Ben's birthday. It's funny that was part of the prophecy too. Um, but that being said, uh, <laughs> um. The, the one thing that I was thinking about is like, if I took out the clear references to 2012 and I changed the, the jokes around that, would it still be a pretty decent episode of Futurama? And I think, I think it would. Mm-hmm. This yeah, is, I'd agree with that. This is one of the, the rare ones where you can pull out the topical references and the plot still kind of makes sense. You just have to figure out some way of getting, you know, this is a, an apocalypse for some reason, but there's certainly tons of different myths about how the apocalypse might come myths and, you know, possibly futures, who knows? Um, so I think this is actually pretty, pretty well crafted because it's kind of, I don't want to call it modular, but you can pull it out and put in something else in the beginning. Sure. Um, so I, I, and I, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was very funny. I thought it was, it, it hit some of the character, uh, growth bits because of the, you know, Leela being like starting to get kind of worried every time that Fry does a noble gesture. I don't think it's, you know, certainly the top of the top, but I th- I don't, I think it's, I think it's pretty, pretty good and it's better. It's probably one of the better topical Futuramas it's ever done. So I'm probably going to give it a B minus. Okay. Um, yeah, we want to know what you all think about this episode about the end of the world that definitely did not happen in 2012 mm-hmm. or maybe did and we might just all be uh figments of some imagination somewhere um and if it also impacted your birthday mm-hmm. which i doubt it did um <laughs> or or what about grape upon and did it tweet we, back at us we want to know, know if you if you work for grape upon or craft foods in general <laughs> please let us know if if at gray poupon underscore us is a real uh real twitter account that you run or if it's a parody account we want to know um there are other <laughs> things we talked about in this episode but i don't remember any of them now because i went on an angry rant about the end of the world in 2012 and gray poupon's twitter account that may or may not be real. That's the only thing I remember about this episode. We want to know what you think about those. You can do that many ways. You can email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama and see our great tweet to grapepupon <laughs> underscore us. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama, where grapepupon may or may not have any presence. We didn't check. <laughs> and we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Unlike grapepupon, they will not be there. <laughs> Uh, so find us there, review us, rate us, and subscribe. And 
you know what? Throw great a great Poupon a reference in our uh, latest reviews so that we know that you've listened to this one specifically. Uh huh. And if you have any great Poupon, please uh, ta- uh, pass it out your window mm-hmm. and let us have a tasty bite of that delicious Dijon mustard that does not in any way sponsor this podcast. Although it's almost like it did. Uh. And of course, um, we're on Patreon, so you know if you want to give us some money, so we can afford that sweet grape coupon. <laughs> this th- th- I I made a reference to the pre-roll earlier, but it's actually pretty funny. Um, us going down a uh, improv hole. It went some places. It so, did. It was very funny to, and enjoyable to do. So I hope it's enjoyable to listen to. And uh, I think that's going to do it for this week. So uh, we will catch you next time. And until then, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye. Do you have any great people? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are we actually going to do the regular sign-off? Good. Yeah, we should do the... Okay. Goodbye, goodbye from, from the, the world, world of, of Craig Coupon. <laughs> <laughs>